Hey friend, today we're talking about something you might not think has to do with low-tox living, but I promise you it really does. It's also not the most fun topic to discuss because most people love their daily social media fix and mindless scrolling, but we're talking about social media detox. Yes, we're going there. I know it's easy to tell yourself you're being productive or you need social media to stay in contact with your friends, or maybe you have a side hustle or business that relies on your social media presence. I completely understand and can relate 100%. However, we're going to dive into social media and why it might be time for you to take a social media detox. Hey lovely, did you know that I have a free Facebook community you can join? That's right. It's the perfect place to connect with me and others who are on this low-tox living journey. I share simple swaps, encouragement, and exclusive content you don't want to miss. Head on over to learntolivelowtax.com, fill out the three simple membership questions, and let's get started. Hey lady, welcome to the Learn to Live Low-Tax podcast. I'm your host, Mary Kleinhands. Are you eating healthy but still not sure you're actually eating clean? Do you want to switch out products you know are probably toxic but you don't know where to start? Are you overwhelmed with the conflicting information out there on what is actually good for you? I completely understand. I also know what a big difference small changes towards living low-tox, eating clean, and holistic health can make. On this podcast, we're going to walk this low-tox living journey together. So if you're ready to start making simple swaps, grab that iced coffee or matcha latte and let's dive in. Okay, let's be real. Our phones are a huge part of our lives. They basically have everything on them. Our alarm clocks, schedules, reminders, notes, emails, books, audiobooks, podcasts like this one recipes, movies and TV shows, games, and not to mention probably the biggest thing of all, social media. I know a lot of people do this, but I found whenever I have a free moment, whether that's waiting in line, watching TV and there's commercials, or anything along those lines where I happen to have a free moment, my automatic reaction is to pick up my phone. Don't get me wrong, there's nothing on there that I was doing wrong, but I realized my phone was consuming more of my time than I really wanted it to, especially when it comes to social media. It's sad when the first thing you do when you open your phone is automatically open Instagram or TikTok. Granted, I follow some really great accounts and I'm constantly learning new things. Again, there's nothing wrong with being on social media. It can be a wonderful tool. In fact, I manage a couple social media accounts as part of my day job. Not to mention my free Facebook group I have for this podcast, along with other groups I'm a part of for my business. Those are all good things. The problem comes when it starts consuming too much of your life, when it stopped me from doing the things I really wanted to do, or I end up mindlessly scrolling for the sake of scrolling and wasting time I could be spending on a hobby I really enjoy. That being said, let's talk about why I'm going on a social media detox for 30 days and why you might want to as well. We're going to go over five things to be mindful of when it comes to social media. The first thing is that social media is addicting. These apps are strategically designed to cause you to become addicted. They are literally created so you get sucked in and stay there for hours. 
There is even scientific research that shows that it has the same effect on your brain as other addictions. The constant scrolling, likes, comments, reactions, they're all dopamine hits. You get like a micro high when you see a cute dog video. There's nothing wrong with the sweet fur babies. If you know me at all, you know I love dogs, and cute doggy videos are the best. The problem is it's rewiring your brain in the process, and it's affecting your attention span. Dr. Anna Lemke, I hope I'm saying her name right, wrote a book called Dopamine Nation and speaks about the overuse of social media and how it affects our brains. In an interview done by Stanford Medicine, she said, and I quote, We're wired to connect. Our brains release dopamine when we make human connections, which incentivizes us to do it again. But social media connection has become drugified by social media apps making us vulnerable to compulsive overconsumption. These apps can cause the release of large amounts of dopamine into our brain's reward pathway all at once, just like heroin or meth or alcohol. They do that by amplifying the feel-good properties that attract humans to each other in the first place. She goes on to say, Upon signing off, the brain is plugged into a dopamine deficit state as it attempts to adapt to the unnaturally high levels of dopamine social media just released. This is why social media often feels good while we're doing it and horrible as soon as we stop. If you think you might be addicted to social media, please don't feel shame or guilt. I think practically everyone who is on social media is addicted on some level. Again, it's not your fault. The apps are literally designed that way. The second thing to keep in mind is that it can really steal your time. Time literally flies by when you're on social media. You may go on there for just a minute to look up a recipe or maybe check that DM someone sent you and suddenly you realize 30 to 45 minutes just went by without you even realizing it. Since so much of our lives are on our little mini pocket computers we call phones, it's easy to get distracted by notifications or a reel someone sent you and get sucked in. It happens to all of us. Since social media is a large part of our society today and oftentimes included in our job or business, why should you care if you spend hours on it a week or a day? While it can be a wonderful business tool and a way to connect with people, create communities, or even make money, I don't think it should be so time-consuming. Coming at it from a business angle, because let's face it, many people have side hustles. If it's keeping you from getting the things done for your business that actually converts and makes you money, it's wasting your time. I could have an Instagram account for this podcast and probably get more listeners. However, if creating that Instagram account and managing it and keeping up with it is taking up time I could be using to create valuable content for this show, it's not a productive use of my time, which is one of the reasons I don't currently have an Instagram page for this podcast. I'm not saying I never will, but it's a no for now. If you're looking at it as a way to connect with your friends or family, I completely understand, and that can be wonderful. I have family and friends who live across the country, and I love connecting with them through Instagram or Facebook. The problem is, if scrolling Instagram to see what Molly in Texas is doing is taking away quality time, you could be spending with your spouse, your family, your kids, or even the friends you have that are nearby. Again, nothing wrong with wanting to stay connected with Molly, 
It's just, I don't want you to miss out on the time you have with the people in person. It's good to have a balance. Another aspect is if you're on this low-tox living journey and you're trying to implement changes to your lifestyle to be healthier, social media can be a great place to look up healthy recipes or holistic remedies or even low-tox solutions. But if scrolling through 500 healthy meal ideas is stealing the actual time you could use to meal prep and cook a meal at home, and you end up eating out because you ran out of time, it's not really helping you. It's actually hurting your progress. I know Dr. Anna said the dopamine drop when you get off social media can make you feel bad, but I believe there's another aspect of this. When you've just spent more time on the app than you realized or intended to spend, it can lead to feelings of guilt. You had intended to only be on there a minute, and then you were going to go make dinner or maybe work on a project, clean the house, work on that side hustle. Now you feel guilty for not getting the things done you said you wanted to do. If you aren't sure how much time you're spending on social media, your phone will happily tell you. If you have an iPhone, simply look at your screen time and it will break down how much time you spend on each app, how many notifications you get, and how many times you pick up your phone. That last one will probably shock you. The third thing to think about is mindless scrolling isn't actually relaxing. I know it can feel good in the moment to sit on your phone after a long day at work and mindlessly scroll through Instagram or TikTok. You laugh at the funny reel your friend sent you, you see the cute engagement or wedding photos your other friend just posted, you see a yummy recipe you want to try. Scrolling TikTok or Instagram and seeing random interesting ideas can be engaging. However, if your goal is to actually relax and wind down after a long day, mindless scrolling isn't actually going to help you with that in the long run. Think about it for a second. Do you actually feel good after you put your phone down? Does it rejuvenate you? If anything, you probably feel worse because your dopamine hit just went away. It didn't actually relax or fulfill you. We all do it, so no shame. But maybe think about something you can do that actually helps you to de-stress. Part of living a healthy and low-tox life is reducing your stress. One of the ways you can do that is mindfully relaxing. We'll get more into that in another episode. The point is, even if you think scrolling on the couch in the evening feels good, you're not actually relaxing your brain or allowing yourself to recuperate like you think you are. The fourth thing to keep in mind is that social media can cause anxiety, comparison, and sometimes depression. Dr. Anna spoke on this by saying, Our brains aren't equipped to process the millions of comparisons the visual world demands. We can become overwhelmed by our inability to measure up with these quote-unquote perfect people who exist only in the matrix. We give up trying and sink into depression or what neurologists call learned helplessness. I'm sure most of us are aware that social media is essentially a highlight reel and not showing someone's actual life, but it's still very easy to get sucked into the comparison trap. Sally just got a new job and I'm stuck in the one I don't like, or Kelly just got married and I'm sitting here single at 30. Look at the gorgeous house James and his wife just built and I'm still renting. It could even make you feel left out or alone because you see some of your friends going adventures you aren't taking. Or maybe your friends live far away and seeing them hang out with other people makes you miss them more. The list of comparisons go on and on. 
and can lead to feelings of depression, loneliness, helplessness, and more. Another aspect of social media that has become more apparent in the last few years is that it has become most people's source for news. More and more people are turning off the TV when it comes to news and relying on social media to find out what the latest happenings around the world or with politics. There's nothing wrong with this, don't get me wrong. I personally don't watch the news myself and get most of my news on social media. However, this can be a downside of social media in the sense that seeing the news every time you open the app can cause anxiety. It can also get you riled up when you see Aunt Susie make a political statement you don't agree with. I mean, let's face it, we all have that family member. If you find you're feeling anxiety, stress, or depression when on social media or when you get off the app, it might be a good indication it's time for social media detox. Part of the reason I started this show is because I want people to live the lives they're called to live and feel good doing it. Feeling anxiety or depression because you're comparing yourself to somebody else is never God's best for you. Again, social media is not a bad thing as a whole, but the comparison trap is something you want to be aware of. Last but not least, social media usage late at night can affect your sleep. Our bodies have a circadian rhythm that helps us produce the correct hormones to help us sleep. This rhythm is largely affected by sunlight, and when it's bright outside, our bodies perk up and usually have more energy. As the sun goes down, it releases more red light, which helps calm the body and produce melatonin to help you sleep. When we're on screens late at night, it tricks the brain into thinking it's daytime, which slows down the production of melatonin, and this can make it more difficult to fall asleep and stay asleep. Now, this can apply to any phone usage, not just social media. However, when it comes to social media usage specifically, not only are we dealing with the dopamine issue we talked about earlier, but consuming content that might cause you anxiety, like posts about the news, politics, or getting mad at someone's stupid comment, can cause you to get riled up when you really want to be calming down. Again, nothing wrong with keeping a pulse on the news, but you might want to be mindful of when you're consuming that type of content. Not only that, but if you're stuck in a TikTok or Instagram reel loop of content right before bed, you could definitely stay up later than you intended and therefore not get as much sleep as you really need to feel good the next day. It's easy to get in the habit of going on your phone when you get into bed and not falling asleep right away. Okay, so what about all this? I just said all the things that are not good about social media, so what can you do about it? Again, I'm not saying social media as a whole is terrible and you should never use it. I'm saying that we need to be mindful of how and when we use social media. It's much easier said than done, I know. So here's a few tips that can be helpful when reducing social media overconsumption. The first thing is you can go on a social media detox. I am personally going to do a social media detox for 30 days. As I mentioned previously, I do manage a couple social media accounts for work, but I will be deleting my personal accounts from my phone and only use Facebook for my business-related groups. You don't have to go on a social media detox for a whole month if you don't want to, but I encourage you to at least fast from it once a week. Pick a day of the week, could be Sundays, for example, and don't go on social media at all that day. Or take a whole weekend off, or maybe one week off. Dr. Anna has to say this about social media detoxes. Yes, take a time out, at least for a day. 
but a whole month is typically the minimum amount of time we need away from our drug of choice, whether it's heroin or Instagram, to reset our dopamine reward pathway. A month-long dopamine fast will decrease the anxiety and depression that social media can induce and enhance our ability to enjoy more or modest rewards again. Even if you can't do a full month, some sort of social media detox is probably good for everybody. The second thing you can do is delete social media apps from your phone. If you don't want to do a full detox, you could at least delete the apps from your phone and you can still go on social media on your laptop, tablet, or computer. This allows you to be a little more intentional with your time on the apps and use them when you actually want or need to use them. This will also help cut down on mindless scrolling. The third thing you can do if deleting the apps feels way too dramatic or you just can't do it because of work, you could at the very least change your notification settings. Those notifications can be a huge distraction and suck you in when you don't intend to go on social media. If you're concerned about missing DMs for your business or job, I encourage you to still turn off the notifications, but instead, set aside a specific time in your day to check those DMs. Not only will this cut down on distractions from your other work, but it will allow you to be more intentional in responding with your clients or customers. Okay, so let's do a recap. Here are the five reasons you want to be mindful when it comes to your social media usage. Number one, it can be addictive. Number two, it can steal your time. Number three, mindless scrolling isn't as relaxing as you think it is. Number four, it can cause anxiety, depression, and comparison. And number five, it can affect your sleep. Here are the three things you can do to be more mindful of how and when you use social media. One, you can go on a social media detox that can be for a day, a weekend, a week, or a month. Two, delete the apps from your phone and just use them on your tablet or computer. And three, turn off notifications. I would love to have you join me in my social media detox. I will be taking September 10 through October 10 off from my personal accounts. I know this might sound counterintuitive, but I'd love to have you come join my free Facebook group and let me know if you're going on a social media detox with me. Even if you're not doing a full 30 days like I am, I'd love to hear what you are doing. I know this topic isn't fun, but I hope you learned something today and at least consider the role social media plays in your life. Until next time, have a great week, friend. Hey friend, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I hope you learned something you can implement to take one step closer to living low tax. If you did, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave this podcast a rating and review. By doing so, you are helping other women like you find this podcast. Meet you back here for another episode soon. Until then, remember, one step at a time is all it takes.